I'm the Curious. My name is Pendo, and welcome to 12 Point Font, my writing podcast where I answer questions, conduct interviews, give advice, point out resources, gush over my favorite books, writers, and, well, things, and then just generally babble as I muddle my way through the world of words. Today is episode 52, and we will be covering how to outline a nonfiction novel. But first, the idiomatic expression for today comes from Hungary, and it is... You could spread them on toast. Fear not, this is not a suggestive idiom, I don't think. Right. So to find out what that means, go ahead and put your Google machine away and just stick around until the end of the show where I will have wonderfully crafted for you a writing prompt to go along with that idiom. Hello again, wonderful people. For those of you who did listen to the last episode, welcome back to part two of our writing nonfiction series. For those of you who are just showing up, welcome. Let me give you a brief rundown of what's been going on. Last episode, we spoke about nonfiction writing, what it takes to write a nonfiction story, and where to begin. If you are just remembering, or if you're brand new, I'll just let you know that the last place we stopped was beginning a nonfiction book, and... Well, we ended with picking a subject. Hopefully all of you who are writing along with the series have already done that. You know, picked a subject. Because we're going to be building off of that subject in this episode. Kind of. Okay, buckle up. We'll just get right into it. Alright, so you know what you want to write about, and now you have to get to the actual writing. So today we'll be working with the self-help formula. Books like How to Win Friends and Influence People by Aldell Carnegie, The 4-Hour Workweek by Timothy Ferris, and On Writing by Stephen King. Now, I'm not saying you have to begin with your title, but I do just want to point out that when you look at the titles of nonfiction books, often they explicitly tell you what the book is about. How to Win Friends and Influence People is a guide to, well, making friends and influencing people. Compare that to something like maybe Twilight by Stephanie Meyer or Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. Nonfiction, unlike fiction, specifically when writing an advice article or an instructive novel, starts out with, with some kind of overarching message or theme, you know, and that is pretty explicit in the title. When somebody picks up the book, they kind of want to know exactly what they're getting into. Often, we don't find out until revision what fiction stories are really about because, you know, focusing too hard on a a certain stream or a certain message might do a disservice to the writing process, the discovery process. It might paralyze you and make you unable to write because of the amount of expectation that us writers tend to put on ourselves. However, with nonfiction writing, apart from perhaps memoir, not only must you understand the central message before you begin writing, but that theme is explicitly laid out, not only in the intro, but directly after it as well. I mean, let's just look at those titles again. Compare On Writing by Stephen King to something like Good Omens by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Both of these titles are good, but unlike Good Omens, which isn't necessarily explicitly meant to edify, the title On Writing is just, it's a statement of intent. So when we build self-help books, when we build non-fiction self-help books specifically, we begin their structure around the central idea. We build our non-fiction book around that statement of intent, or at least that's what we'll be doing here. Now, when I say novel structure, I mean I am literally giving you an actual framework. Uh, I'll link the framework in the next episode in the show notes so that you can follow along quite literally if you want to, but I don't want to give you any aggressive Aggressive? Yeah. 
hardline parameters until you've kind of done a little bit of exploring for yourself. But if we get to next episode and you still need a little bit of help, help will be there for you. All right, jumping right into it. Our novel outlines will be broken down into roughly five sections. Section one, the introduction. Section two, statement of intent. Section three, the longest section, the meat of your book. This is the solution or the response to your statement of intent. Section four, an overview of your talking points. And section five, closing out. All right, now we have all five sections laid out. Let's go into them in a bit of detail. And if you notice, this might feel a little similar to your perhaps your high school essay structure. And it's that's not completely wrong, but let's just get into a bit of detail here. Essentially, think of these sections as a series of questions you ask yourself about your book and about your subject. Let's begin at the beginning, the introduction. Section one, the introduction. There are three questions our introduction will answer. One, who are you? Two, why are you writing this book? And three, what makes you qualified to write this book? Yes, questions two and three are different. Think of question two, why are you writing this book, as if you were going into an interview. Your book has gone beyond viral, and now you're on a couch with the host of a show, and they look at you and ask you, so what inspired you to write this? How would you respond? Question three, on the other hand, well, this is the ethos, isn't it? This is where you establish your credibility and lack thereof, and why it's you who must write this book either way, and not someone else. Now, when looking at question one, you might be tempted to give some sort of a autobiographical or generic author introduction. Do not do this, please. Especially if you will be writing more than one nonfiction book, this section isn't something you should be able to just copy and paste anywhere else. And anyways, your author bio is something that will go onto a literal biography page at the end of your book. That's right, there's like a dedicated section of the book specifically just for talking about you in general terms. So instead, when answering question one, you want to be answering the question of who are you in this context? You need to ask yourself, who are you in the context of what you are writing? For example, if I were to be writing a nonfiction book about the podcast 12 Point Font, let's call this fictional book 12 Point Fonts, subtitled Learning to Write Together. Sure, let's stick with that for just the rest of the series. Learning to Write Together. In this context, in the context of this podcast as a novel, as an introduction, I'd probably say something along of, hi, my name is Pendo, hi, Pendo, and I have a writing podcast. I really like my writing podcast. I started it because I am an eternal student, and I thought it would be super cool if I started recording what I was learning, not just for posterity, but so that if anybody else was struggling with these things I was struggling with, or was curious about the things I was curious about, and wanted to learn in regards to writing, they had a resource. Everything was just here for them. It would be something along those lines. Obviously more polished, maybe with a little bit more personality, but you get what I mean, right? It's who I am in the context of what I am writing, and frankly, why the audience should care about you specifically and about this book. Just to be clear, when you are beginning outlining, you don't have to have the entire section written out while you're still doing the outlining process. Essentially, what you're trying to do is get a framework, a seed of the idea of what you're going to say. Expansion will come later. All right, section two, what is this book about? If you'll remember way back in episode 39, Basics of Business Writing, we spoke about expediency in messaging. Get the greetings out of the way, then go straight into what you want, and then expand out from that. That's essentially what section two is all about. 
You want to answer these questions for the reader. What is your book about and why it's important? It doesn't have to be on a global scale. It can just be why it matters to you and, and why it matters that it's in the world. You know, this is your pathos. This is where you, you reach into that feeling section of the reader, into that part of their brain that goes, this needs to be here. I need to read this. Why does this book have to be written? In section two, you are essentially informing the reader of exactly what they're getting into. Think of it as a heads up about literally the whole book. So going back to our 12-point font example, what is this book about? Well, the book would be about the process and practice of writing. Why is it important? Well, well, I might say that it's important because as much as writing is an art, it's also a craft. And making something that seems so abstract, actually actionable, might provide people who have not written out of fear or because they didn't think they could. It might give them an opportunity to write. And it might give people who are currently writing maybe some clarity on some subjects, and even more tools to add to their writing toolbox. Something like that. Now, in this section, clarity is important. If you can't answer these questions concisely in one sentence, this book is about the process and practice of writing, if you can't answer it simply, then you aren't actually clear on what you're writing about and you need to revise your idea. Lack of clarity in the outlining stage is probably just gonna make it more difficult for you to actually write. And B, you might produce a product that's just as unclear as your premise. Now, of course, if you are discovery writing and are using this outline process to try and just nail down your idea, or if you're using this entire first draft to try and nail down your idea, perhaps you will have different results. Everyone is different, every process is different, of course. However, it will probably make the outlining process a little tricky if you're unclear, because non-fiction books, unlike literary books, rely on clarity. It's a major selling point. Whereas literary fiction is so often characterized by its intentional ambiguity. All right, so you've got section one and section two kind of laid out, and you've got answers to these questions, and you've not necessarily written them out, but you've got a few ideas, maybe some bullet points, maybe a few paragraphs you're considering working on. That brings us to section three. What is the solution? How are you? How should your reader respond to what the book is about? Section three will be broken up into multiple chapters. In fact, section three will be broken up into sections itself. However, that is work for another episode. What I would write down for now is, if you could boil down the main points you're trying to make into three to five bullet points, what would those be? Back we go to our 12-point font example. Perhaps in this specific edition of the book, what I am trying to get across, the three to five bullet points that I would be making are that good writing boils down to clarity, intention, style, concision, and verisimilitude. I'm just going to have to put a quick disclaimer out that while I do believe that all these points are important to writing, these aren't necessarily what I believe to be the main tenets of writing. It's just an example. Just an example. You know, an example. Okay. All right, so we've got our introduction, our book subject, a vague idea about a solution slash response, sections one, two, and three, and we move into section four, an overview of our talking points. Think of this as a conclusion to the instructional section. Section four is where we go over big ideas again, where you reiterate actionable objectives, where we restate major ideas 
to go over next steps. Unlike with fiction or literary novels where exposition and overt explanation is bad manners and often bad writing, in nonfiction writing, you want to reiterate major ideas. So not only does your book build on itself, but it also reinforces itself throughout. Okay, that was section four. Finally, section five. If you were here last episode where we discussed nonfiction novel writing, kind of like writing an essay, here is sort of where the novel formula deviates from essay writing, or at least generic essay structure, often meant to subject its authors and readers to uninteresting, unenthusiastic, meaningless drivel that neither builds on critical thinking skills nor engages its writers. Certainly, there are some good and meaningful essay assignments out there, but frankly, they are far and few between. And that's not what this is about. This is about section five. Goodness, we went down a little rabbit hole there. Wow. Okay, so if we think about section four as a conclusion of sorts that adheres to the say what you're going to say, say it, then say what you've said, we can think about section five as the beyond what was said section. This is where you, the writer, get to talk about the work. Less instructional, more conversational and exploratory. Talk about the process of getting this information. Talk about why certain ideas are so important. Talk about what you just said and, and how was this self-help actually helpful? Not just to do with this, but, but look at the impact of this. Not just, hey, here's an idea, but here's an idea and the result of its implementation. Section five is you as an author saying, here's what I just gave you, here's what it means to me, and here's how you can help it or how you can use it. Or I guess if we're following our ask ourselves questions formula, ask yourself, how has the information I just laid out benefited me? How has it benefited others? What are the results of implementing this information or adopting these mindsets? How are these ideas helpful if it's a warning you're giving out? How are these ideas harmful? What does what I'm saying mean? What does it mean to me? Remember, the power is in the specific and section five is all about impact. It's about you, about what you said and the impact it will have. Okie dokie. Let us get right into the book of the week. This week, I want you to go ahead and take a look at The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. I think I mentioned this book maybe last week. Anyways, in the coming weeks, when you embark on your novel writing journey, you're going to need some serious self-discipline. Last episode, we talked about what it actually means to write a book. Well, these coming episodes, you're going to have to put that commitment to the test. This is a great book for helping you to figure out ways to keep yourself in the chair or at the coffee shop whenever those open up again and writing towards your goal. It's also a great example of the non-fiction formula in action. So if you do end up reading it, take note, not just of the techniques intended for you to learn, but the techniques Duhigg uses to form the novel itself. Okay. It is time for the homework. Oh, sorry, we're not calling it homework. We're calling it super cool skill building interactive fun time. Okay, so for today's super cool skill building interactive fun time, I want you to go ahead and fill in those sections. I recommend getting a notebook or a piece of paper and literally brainstorming out the sections, writing in ideas you have for each part. But specifically, I want you to work on those three to five bullet points, big ideas for that middle section for part three, what that might look like, because those middle sections will form your introduction and your conclusion. And often it's in fleshing out that middle part that you surprise yourself with where your books take you. Alrighty. That is it for this episode. If you want more, come on over and hang out with me on Instagram or Twitter at Pendoland. Check out my website at pendoland.com. 
gmail.com. If you're not yet tired of my voice, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcasting platform you are on. Intro and outro for the podcast is Meadows by Ramsoid. Of course, all of this and anything else I have talked about in the show will be linked in the show notes as well. Also, if you have a sec, it'd be super cool if you could give this a good rating on whatever podcasting platform you are on. I know Apple specifically really, really likes those good ratings. It just helps with visibility. And if you don't think that is something for you, if you're just not into giving ratings, I get it. I super duper get it. It'd be just so cool of you if you could just mention this podcast to one person in your life who you think would appreciate it. All right. Now for the idiomatic expression of the day. Today's comes from Hungary and it was, you can spread them on bread. The closest English equivalent of this is they have a heart of gold. This is someone who is kind and good and, and good in the literal sense, like someone who does beneficial things or is a positive person. So for your writing exercise this week, go ahead and write a heartwarming scene. I mean, goodness, do we all need it in these fun times. Yeah, go ahead, write a heartwarming scene, but this scene must include a moral. I am talking about an allegory. It doesn't even need to be veiled. It can be paper thin, like, always be kind to people who are lonely because otherwise they might curse you and your child and your entire kingdom to eternal sleep for like a bazillion years on your daughter's 16th birthday, causing you to go mad and destroy your kingdom's economy by literally incinerating all of the weaving looms, something like that. Or, or don't make your literal home out of straw that is easily susceptible to huffing and puffing. So, you know, something like that. All right, you've got this. This has been 12 Point Font reminding you to stay creative, stay curious, and stay writing. Until next time, that is goodbye. Goodbye.